righty. Welcome to penpodcast.com with your co-host Nico Pengen of Pen for Hire NYC. Today we are joined by an international certified mentor who holds two mentor certificates, the certificate of competence and mentor and the certificate of competence journey mentor from the international mentoring community. We are welcoming Doug Lawrence. Thank you so much for being here today, Doug. Well, thank you so much for having me. And where are you calling us uh, today from, Doug? I'm in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Ooh, Canadian. Interesting. And I do see here that you were actually a part of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Force for around 25 years? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I uh, served uh, 25 years and I was stationed all over Canada. Man, that sounds that sounds pretty rad that you were able to be unmounted. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. And it also shows here that you were um, involved in the certification of mentors since 2009 when you partnered with an organization to provide mentor certifications. Yeah, that's correct. Um, 2009 was when I started with uh, a company in the United States to provide mm -hmm. certification based on uh, knowledge. And then in, I think it was about 2017 that we, the mentoring community was saying, that's not good enough for us. We want it, we want to be certified based on competence. And so mm. I ended up, I partnered with a, a, a fabulous man in Calgary, mm. Alberta to provide just that uh, mentor certification based on competence. Mm. And then you decided to not only take that that you were doing, uh, but essentially it allowed you to continue to grow and allowed you to learn, you know, the teaching of others and how to mentor effectively, uh, mentoring others internationally. And also it allowed you to be recognized as a thought leader in the mentoring space. That's that's correct. Yeah, we uh and, you know, it, it also it helped me with all of those things. But what it also did was it opened the can for me to look inside to see mm. the whole deal of mentoring and, and mental health. Now, did you start that when you were originally on the mounted police force in Canada? Or was that something that just was a, a side passion? The actual... I guess the best way for me to answer that is that I was exposed as a lot of uh, first responders, law enforcement, combat mm -hmm. people are, I was exposed to post-traumatic stress as a result. And I had a number of people that said, you know, you need to write a book on this. You, you, you need to do something to get the message out there. And so that was what started me on that journey. So essentially, because you were repeatedly being asked to train uh, the new hires, pretty much the rookies, you just started seeing like what were the easiest ways to teach them in order for them to understand the students. Well, it, yeah, it, it's interesting because what, what kind of happened for me was I was actually mentoring people while I was mm -hmm. still in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, but I didn't know what it was that I was doing. Mm. It was just you know, people would come in the office and say, yeah, you know, this has been going on. I'm not sure how to deal with it. So I would ask them a bunch of questions to help them think their way through it, mm -hmm. which is mentoring. And they'd walk out of my office and go, ooh, what just happened? I walked in with a problem and I'm walking out with a solution and he didn't really say much. So 
how did that happen? Was it magic? Or and so that's when we kind of realized that um, there was there was something that we needed to explore a lot deeper. Now, how did you make that determination when you're speaking, uh, at least at those times before you knew exactly what you were doing? How did you determine how to remove obstacles or barriers or you were just winging it until you started to figure out the way? Yeah, I, for the most part, it was flying by the seat of my pants, I guess, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but what I did find as more and more time went on and I did more and more mentoring was that there were actually obstacles and barriers. And a lot of that was the aspect of a lot of the selves is what I call them. So self-esteem, self-confidence, self-doubt, self-worth mm -hmm. that most of us have that at some time place in our in our life in our career and we need to deal with that before we could do the what i call the professional growth the professional side of mentoring where i'm helping somebody prepare for a job interview and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff so but we needed to get those obstacles out of the way and what enabled you to go from you know just winging it to then actually having uh, bona fide techniques. The, the the mentoring processes and concepts came to me as I did more and more mentoring. And mm. then from, from there, it was creating sort of the best way for me to describe that was it was me sitting back and, and looking in, at, at everything that was going on and saying, now, if I were on the receiving end, what would mm. it be that I would want for knowledge? What would it be for that I would need in order to understand the concepts and processes of effective mentoring. And from there, we built a curriculum to train people on how to become effective mentors. Hmm. And with this book, it's essentially for those that are interested in uh, becoming those effective mentors, or is it also for those that want to absorb information on how to deal with the you know mental health as well as how to become a better mentor? There, there is, there's elements of both in there. I think if, if, in all honesty, the gift of mentoring would give you the process, the concepts and that, mm -hmm. that was my first book. And then this book, You Are Not Alone, is more targeted to mentoring and mental health because what I've discovered is that the support structure for mental health mm -hmm. is, is crumbling and what's happening is mental health is becoming a silent pandemic. And as a result of that, we needed to do something. And so You Are Not Alone is opening the door for people to understand that there is, there is a place for mentoring as part of that support structure. Hmm. And so when you went about um, compiling all that information into those bona fide techniques, were there certain ones that you determined that weren't fit for the book that it might be easier to like explain face to face or all the techniques that you put down or what you use on a day to day basis? I, I would say because effective mentoring, a large part of what that's all about is it's a continuous learning process. Mm. So I'm every time I meet with somebody, I'm I'm learning something new, some different approach to take you know, a different process, a different concept, a different terminology to use with that person to help create a, a place of safety for them to be able to 
have a conversation with me that a conversation is done in confidence. Ooh, that's actually pretty cool. That's actually yeah. pretty cool. And uh, when you're actually capable of defining those and giving them out and people give you that feedback that it actually helped them, how does that make you feel? That's probably the biggest reward that I could ever ask for is just that positive feedback. Even with the book is the people that have said, oh, my gosh, I've read your book three times already. And, you know, you you uh, you, ju- you you look at it from that aspect. And that for me, that's that's all I need for gratification is just those kind words every so often, kind of like what we all need. Right, right. And I was taking a look at the at the cover and I absolutely love the difference of the the right hand side. So colorful, so many you know, expressive blues in the sky, greens on the grass. Even the even the ground looks a little bit uh, brownish. It's still much better than uh, uh, completely what's on the left-hand side, which is just completely bleak, black and white, lacking color. It's almost like when I look at that, when I look at that without even looking at the wording, I can already see like the left-hand side is sadness and depression. It's, and the right-hand side is a, a bountiful, positive, and energetic. And I would take that that was the original concept. Yeah, it's it sure was. And and it was to get the idea, the the guy that I had, you know, mm-hmm. Rob Robin was, he designed the cover for us. We kind of fed him with some ideas and stuff mm-hmm. of what we wanted to. And the idea was to create the, the impression that, you know, there's the dark side and there's the light side and you don't have to go on this journey by yourself. You are not alone. Man, and that that's a very, very descriptive with one picture that is worth so much its weight. And because of that, a lot of people are going to actually take a look and they're going to start reading and, and reviewing. And so if at the end of them finishing this book, they might determine that they need uh, an actual mentor, what would their... Are there, I don't want to spoil the book, but are there actionable steps that uh, they can take in order to, you know, start that process if they know that they need it before reading? Or um, is that something that they should read first in order to double check and make sure? No, I think that, that, you know, the book will just help you that much more make that Mm -hmm. call, whether or not you're, you know, whether or not you feel that you're wanting to go on a journey with a mentor and it can also work for people that are thinking, gee, I'd like to be a mentor. This book will give you a taste of of what it could be like if you're working with somebody who is dealing with uh, mental health challenges. And I was there. I I know how that feels. I I had post-traumatic stress and I was not the nicest person to be around. And my my dear, sweet wife and my two children, they put up with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were kind of my support, my support team that I didn't have from where I was working. Um, it, I relied on them quite heavily. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. One of the best things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. But one of the worst things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. Don't fall into the trap of trying to master the process on your own for the first time 
and think you can compete with authors who have already figured it all out. Let us help you put out the best possible book. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Now, did this have an impact in regards to motivating you when you were deciding to create the book? Yeah, it it was definitely, you know, um, because the book, the book is dedicated to my wife. So, um, and and there's a couple um, other dedications in there, but my wife was the primary person that I dedicated the book to. And it was because she put up with so much. It reminds me of a, of a time we were actually delivering a training uh, one day workshop in Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. Manitoba. And there was a conversation that was taking places in, in the training course and in the workshop. And my wife actually said, um, he doesn't know how close he came to losing the three of us. And I'd never heard that message before. And so here we were in front of a large group of, I think there was 30, 30 to 50 people. And all of a sudden I'm finding out I, I, I could have lost my family. That's tough. Yeah. And was that, was that during the process of creating the book? I was in the, in the research stage. Yeah. I was mm. researching, you know, all the elements, like what is mental health? What are the symptoms? Mm-hmm. And then how do, how would, how would I plug as a mentor? How would I plug into all of that? And it was, it was during that time period that, um, yeah, that, that I was pulling the book together to, I was doing my research and, and starting to pull things together so that we could get the book ready to be published. Hmm. And was that in that moment, something that kind of almost tested the research that you were making or that you were reviewing? It kind of, it kind of reaffirmed what I was starting to see was this is a pretty serious, um, pretty serious thing that we're dealing with. And Mm -hmm. People need to be, it's kind of, it goes back to one of my, my statements that I always make to people is that it's okay to, you know, step outside your closet and the closet is symbolic of that's my place of safety. It may be your place of safety, but it's not your place of healing and you need to step outside. You need to extend your hand and your mentor is going to be out there waiting for you to take your hand and walk beside you and and that came through to me so very vividly, so very clearly based on, you know, my wife saying in this large gathering of people that he doesn't know how lucky he is because we were ready to walk. And at that moment, do you think that you would have had a larger appreciation if you had the access to the book that you actually published? She would, I think that there would have been, because I I had her involved in the book up until she passed Mm -hmm. away. Um, I I think there, there, there would have been sort of a, almost like, and I'm going to use the word epiphany and that may be strong, but she had a, she would have had an epiphany to go. Now I understand why he behaved the way he did. Cause I was, I was a first class jerk. I had resorted to, because I had post-traumatic stress and the alcohol became my crutch. So mm-hmm. 
I, I, you know, I resorted to if I came home and I'd been dealing with something very traumatic, instead of sitting down and talking to somebody or even talking to Deborah, and this would be before we were married, mm-hmm. I, I resorted to, I hauled a bottle of Scotch whiskey out of the cupboard and threw the, the top away and, and tried to drink myself to, to a better place, only to eventually realize I wasn't doing myself any favors mm-hmm. and it was it was i was actually making things worse hmm. and that's actually pretty interesting because as somebody that you know you went through that journey about researching developing um getting people to review and then ultimately in that process i don't even know if that if that would be like the motivation needed or if that at the moment was like a derailment temporarily and and then you saw it as something that like, this is actually exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm doing this for, for moments like this. Yeah. It, it it, it was the, the idea was I think primarily around the idea the research sort of fueled Mm -hmm. me under better understanding my behavior. It didn't fix it. It didn't address it, but it it made me help me understand more about, what it was that I was actually experiencing and kind of why. And now I needed to put a plan in place to be able to deal with it. Right. In, in a bit, in a better, in a better way than taking the cap off a bottle of booze and, and, and drinking it, thinking that that was the answer. Cause it, it's not. Now your, your book is very detailed because I do see here that it was talking about the fact that, you lead organizations to experience benefits on how mentoring will encourage workforce culture to flow in harmony, improve productivity from employees, uh, which essentially reduces costly employee uh, onboarding, um, which improves the bottom line. So if you had all this information, how hard was it for you to contain it in only like 111 pages? (laughs) It was that that's a very good question because I just kept I kept writing and writing and writing. And mm-hmm. part of it is that um, there's there's book number three. And mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I didn't I didn't take away from book number three. So I wanted to give enough in book two that it would be able to support what the book was written for was that mentoring can be part of the support structure for mm-hmm. mental health, but there's other elements like there's the aspect of grief and I can, because I lost my wife to cancer, I can speak to how grief plays on your mental health. And, and I, I want to be able to include that in the next book. Mm-hmm. So it was, whereabouts do I draw sort of draw the line in the sand to say, okay, that's enough for now. And it is, it's a fairly, it's a fairly deep um, topic, a a very deep journey that we're going on. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that I did, I, I didn't sell myself short or I didn't sell the journey short. And so I, I kept it to the page length and it's ironic you mentioned that because the gift of mentoring is about the same uh, length in pages. Hmm. And who usually made that determination regarding um, what was too much? Like, was that you after you finished writing? You're like, you know what? I think I need to condense this. Or was it like an editor or a beta 
a reader that said, you know what, I think you might just need to do a third book because there's too much information here. It, you know, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't anybody in particular that came and said, you know, that's too much or that's not enough. But what what it was, and I got this message from the gift of mentoring. And so I thought, gee, I, I, I'm going to try and write so that I'm close to the same thing. But I had people that would say that I read your book, The Gift of Mentoring, and how it's written and the size was perfect for me. It was an easy read and everything else. And on top of it all, it was as though you were sitting on a park bench right beside me and were reading the story to me. Mm. And I'm going like, wow, like how, how much better could it, it be? You know, when we talked at the beginning about the what gratification I get from the work mm -hmm. that I do, there was the gratification that prompted me to write the gift of mentoring and then, you know, continue on with the writing journey. And it's now, it's kind of like it's in my blood now that I want to continue on with, you know, the next book, um, you know, and I'm, I'm already gathering stuff to, to sort of start to frame what it's going to look like. And it will probably end up being about the same page length. Hmm. And when you review with your editors regarding the uh, material, uh, do you ever feel that it's sometimes a little bit complicated in order to get what you're trying to express to them so that way they can understand what you're trying to say and that way they don't you know, misunderstand anything that you're trying to put into uh, your own words? I, you know, I don't think so. I think that um, it, it's a matter of how I communicate and how I get the message across. And mm -hmm. I look at it from the aspect that if I, so if my publisher and my publicist and, and all of those people that are supporting me on this book writing journey, if they don't understand, how are my readers going to understand? Ooh, well said. <laughs> That is so true. And do you have a tough time getting them to understand? Or do you think that, or is it like after, you know, less than five minute conversations, they're able to understand what you're trying to bring to the table and what you're trying to uh, explain and express with your material? You know, I haven't, I haven't had any difficulties that way so far. Um, mm -hmm. That when we have the conversation, this is the message that I want to get across. You know what? I, I think that in a lot of situations, it's because this is such a topical issue that mm -hmm. it's right at the forefront that people, they already have some idea of what, you know, of where this could go, what this should look like. Because the interesting part that I found in my research is that there's lots of academia who have provided research material and stuff, but there's not a lot that speaks about from a practical aspect of mentoring processes and concepts. Mm -hmm. how, do I ment how do I mentor somebody who is struggling with their mental health and mental well-being? So these books that I've been, this book, uh, You Are mm -hmm. Not Alone, it's kind of like the first step, sort of the first dipping your toe in the water mm -hmm. to, be, to be able to answer that need. Hmm. And by doing so and creating it in that way that everybody that's literally on your team is understanding, it allows you to pretty much write with freedom. 
Yeah, because you know, because we're all rowing in the same direction, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to write something that I don't believe in. I'm writing mm. something I believe in, and if I've done my homework, I should have been able to convince the others that are part of my team. I should have been able to convince them this is the direction we need to go. What you know, and openly, you know, solicit their their input because maybe I'm missing something too. Now, what gave you the courage or the bravery in order to use uh, personal anecdotal stories? Because uh, most of the times people would feel vulnerable. And, you know, after looking at some reviews, you did not hold back at all. So what gave you that bravery to be able to write freely, like I mentioned? You know, it's therapeutic. Mm. So everything that I've had to deal with, post-traumatic stress, no support, um, the loss of my wife, all of those things, it, this has helped me, you know, by being vulnerable and sharing, you know, through being on shows like, you, you know, your show and others mm -hmm. as well, that um, it, it, it's, it's so therapeutic for me. It just helps me heal that much quicker. And so when you're creating the actual writing part, let's say, for example, so when you're creating the work, is it that is it at that moment that when you're creating it, that it's like you're releasing that tension, that anxiety, you're letting go of everything and just putting all the worries on the actual paper or electronically? It, it's it's a combination of that plus um, reflecting. So mm. I may, I may be, so I'm going to go through a period of reflection after, you know, after we're done talking today. Mm. And part of that reflection is, you know, understanding that through be, through my being, uh, demonstrating a degree of humility and, and mm. being humble and all of those great things, that's part of my healing process. And it's for me to understand that and embrace that and make sure that, you know, I take that experience and I turn around and I tell that I share that as part of my lived experience. I share that with people who pick up the next book mm -hmm. and, go to, and go to read it and go, now I understand what he was talking about. Now, when you're going and writing, do you focus on a, set amount of like words to write on a given day or when you were creating it did you just write based off of like a feeling it, it, it was it, i had to be in the zone for me i have to be in the zone and if i nice. it, it's pointless for me to sit there and stare at the my computer screen mm -hmm. and, and go okay where are the words come on words you know come on hop out there get on the page and <laughs> And it doesn't happen. So one of the things right. that I, one of the things I have I have committed to myself is mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to go away to write for I'm going to take a week and sequester myself someplace mm -hmm. and do and do nothing but write for that week. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Those who fail to plan plan to fail. While many writers are capable of writing entire novels without ever planning or getting writer's block, most need some kind of structure. 
taking the raw thoughts out of your head and organizing before or during the writing process can drastically improve quality and efficiency. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation on our author coaching services today. And now back to the interview. And when you do that, do, do you actually find that it's an effective uh, action to take? Well, this will be this will be the first time, but based on what I saw, the challenges that I went mm -hmm. through writing, you are not alone, and all the different things that were going on in my life that that sort of not impeded, but were distractions mm -hmm. for for my writing. I want to be able to eliminate or reduce those by doing by sequestering myself. Even I want to try it for a week first. Mm -hmm. to sort of see, you know, at the end of that week, what did you accomplish? How, you know, how many pages did you, you get? How do you feel? You know, what else is missing? What other research do you need to do in order to, to be able to continue on with that writing journey? Now, would that be for just one book that you'd be focusing that entire week for? Yes. Yeah. Just for the, the next, the, Book number three is, yes, I would be focusing purely on that one. Now, I am, I'm also inter interested to know after or before you started your writing career, what literally pushed you over on edge, if you're able to remember, what pushed you over on edge to decide to document and write and publish this information that you have? In each and every case, in each and every book, The Gift of Mentoring and You Are Not Alone, I had, mm -hmm. I had colleagues and friends that came to me and said, you need to write a book. And so with The Gift of Mentoring, it was, you know, I, it was actually a dear friend of mine. He had written a book himself and he came to me and he said, you need to write a book. You have to write a book about right. everything that you're doing. Tell your story. You have a, mm -hmm. a fabulous story to share with so many people. He said, tell the story. And then it was the same thing I went through with, you know, people were now more aware of how I, my being a thought leader in the mentoring space. And mm -hmm. they said, there's a place for mentoring and mental health. You need to write a book about that. And I kind of, you know, I went, uh, I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'll sleep on it. And then I'll, I just, it, it came to me that it's, that's something you need to do. You have to tell that story. And aren't you kind of glad that you had enough people that literally motivated you and pushed you along? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm forever thankful that they took that step and, you know, they kind of pushed a little mm -hmm. bit to be able to say, you know, we're not taking no for an answer. You need to write, you know, in each case, it was you need to write this book and, and get it out there. Now, for somebody that might not have those 25 years of experience that you did, would they still, in your eyes, be capable of being writers? And if so, what would they need to do in order to become capable writers? It, it, that's That's a good question because... I actually, uh, as a result of my experience, I, I had with You Are Not Alone, I had, what was there, five or six people, uh, one, two, three, five people that 
I had asked to, to, to contribute to You Are Not Alone. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so far, two of them have written their own books since I got them involved in helping me with writing You Are Not Alone. Um, and so now they've, they've uh, two of them have written and published their own book. I have another uh, person who was also part of my journey that has done some writing and I have offered to help them help that particular person go through the writing process and, and, you know, we'll find a publisher and a publicist and all those things. So I, I'm, I think that's pretty, uh, that's a pretty good story in itself right there. And actually that just, I just realized that just as we've been talking. So that's, you know, the, that's a good thing. And I mean, it, honestly, to me, it just sounds like you're getting started. Yeah. Sounds like it. Like you, it's like you only have two books done. You're going to work on the third. You have two people that, you know, asked you for some help and assistance and they already did too. And who knows how many other individuals are thinking and they might, they just might be a little too shy to ask. So, you know, just since this is the pen for hire, just to prop up, you know, if, if they're a little bit shy, what, what would you say is the best thing that they would say to somebody, either yourself or someone that they're looking at um, being their mentor? What would something that they could say or should say? I would suggest that they start out with, I have this story, but I don't know what to do with it. Mm. And can you, can you give me some advice and, and, and guidance? And I, I've gone through that with one of the, the five people where, I said, just, you know, and that individual actually did what I'm proposing to do. They went away for a week Mm. and they they started to collect some of their thoughts and started to do some writing and stuff like that. But, you know, the, the big thing is that it's kind of like, you know, dealing with mental health, being in the closet and, and, you know, reaching out for help and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If you have an idea and you want to discuss it, Mm-hmm. We can let's have that conversation, and then I can hook you up with, connect you to the right people in the industry that can, you know, on top of me acting as your mentor, is we can work you, you know, help you get through that process. So, you know, I all you got to do is is ask. And how can people reach you? Uh, it's, you know, the easiest, you can uh, go through LinkedIn. I, you know, my profile is quite active there um, mm-hmm. and message me through there. But, you know, it's, I'm a very open, very transparent individual. And so you can email me at, at doug.lawrence at talent C. So the word talent with the letter C on the end dot CA. And I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. And, and we'll see, we'll see where you can go. Perfect. And I just want to clarify real quick that one week that you were talking about secluding yourself, that's essentially like taking a week and doing like the deep work where like you're so engrossed in there, like the outside world is almost non-existent. And that's going to allow you to create the most within that zone that you were mentioning earlier, right? You know, and the other part that it's going to also do is it's going to cause me to experience some triggers. So it's going in and I need, I need to be able to, to deal with that. I've experienced this week 
I've gone through a couple situations that were triggers, but that's also, as long as I, I deal with that in the right context, that can also be used as, as uh, uh, resource material that I can use for the third book. Hmm. That's actually pretty cool because a lot of times people, they think that it's uh, best for themselves to not face their fears, not face with the reality of what's going on. And this book is literally stating, you know, do the opposite, face it, see what's going on, see what's wrong. And then, you know, you're bringing us through your journey. So this third book, when it does come out, is going to be explaining, you know, what you ended up pretty much finding about yourself uh, when you have nothing else to do, but just speak to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be therapeutic, but it's also scary as well because, mm -hmm. because of the whole trigger, you, you just, you don't know what you're going to unleash mm -hmm. and, and when. Man. Yeah. That's, that's actually pretty cool because once you're able to do that, it's a lot of, there's not a lot of things that can actually stop you if you can't stop you. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And my takeaway from this book is, you know, you aren't alone. <laughs> Literally, you are not alone. Like you, you, in your case, you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else, you know, you are not alone. You know, there, there are individuals out there that they are willing to help. And, you know, as Doug just mentioned, you just have to ask. Most people, the worst that they can do is just say no which that took a while to learn. But if the worst that they can do is say, no, I cannot help you or, you know, I'm not available today. What about tomorrow? Yeah. And the other part of that is I may not be able to help you, but I do know people that could. Ooh, yes, that too. That too. Cause when you know people, like if it's, if it's something that's out of your league, like a psychiatric or, um, you know, things of that nature, you know, it's also best to just recommend them to a specialist and a professional. But if things are, are within your area, like, like I'm still like, dang, 25 years in the police force and like you're the go-to and everybody's because if you're the go-to, that means that you're the guy that you learned the fastest and you could explain it the best. And so it's like, Hey, Doug, why don't you just, you know, explain it the same way you explained it to me. And it's like, well, I'm tired of doing this. Well, why don't you write a book and then I can just buy it and then I can read it. It's like, I don't know. Because for me, I would think that that would be hard uh, having, you know, even 20, 30 people. But after after getting pushed by by so many people and, and publishing and hearing that feedback. And you mentioned earlier that it was an amazing, an amazing feeling to know that this is the effect that your book had on somebody else. And then to know that now you're having even more motivation to continue to do it to a third book and who knows how ever many more. Cause if other people are still asking you about mentoring, you know, they're asking you not just the mentoring in the police force, but it's going to also be mentoring other stuff, not just the mental health as well. And, and you know, the, one of the, the big things is, and if I had to give a message, this would be, it is don't let your ego get the best of you. Mm. We, we as males, you know, we, you know, I don't need help. Um, that pride. And, and right at the pride, the ego, all of that. And as a result of that, you allow all that stuff to remain inside of you. And that can lead to, you know, deteriorating health conditions and a whole bunch of other things you're going to have to deal with. 
simply because you let your ego get in front of you instead of you managing it, it manages you. Mm, man, that is so true. It takes us so much for, for a male to be humble, you know, unless he gets humbled or life humbles him. It, it is very hard. And, you know, one of the things that I really absolutely love about mentorship is the fact that your best lessons in life, unfortunately, have to be learned by mistakes. But with mentorship, the mistakes don't have to be yours. And that is like such a cheat code. <laughs> it's because you can save somebody else so many years of of pain, of sorrow, of you know being on the left hand side, seeing everything as black and white and bleak, and there's nothing positive. When they just need to understand that you know they don't have the answers. Somebody else that was struggling can show them the same thing in a different perspective that just completely ratifies and changes their life. And all of those things that you just talked about are opportunities. Mm. And if we look at them from the aspect of their opportunities, so even if you did something that you failed at or you weren't successful, mm -hmm. you, turn, you turn that around and, and it becomes an opportunity and you keep that in that positive framework or in that frame of mind, and it's going to be so much easier for you to deal with because you're dealing with it in a positive context versus in a negative context. Always got to be looking at the glass half full. Yeah. You know, Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. I could keep going all day trying to, you know, extract the mentorship, all the information and knowledge out of you, because that's something that I do. I do really love and care about a lot is guiding the next generation. You know, uh, like you said, with the pride and the ego, it is very hard for for the up and coming uh, individuals to ever seek out assistance. So having material available showing why it is important is so is, is so needed so thank you so much for coming giving us a spiel about what our readers and listeners uh, are going to get a taste of uh, but as i mentioned you know once again where can they find not only um information regarding asking you for assistance but also where can they get the books and any future materials from you so yeah, they, once again, uh, you can reach me through uh, LinkedIn and the other part is through just email me and I can direct you to a bunch of resource material and stuff that you may need. So doug.lawrence at talent C. So talent, the word talent with the letter C on the end.ca. And you are not alone. And actually the gift of mentoring are both available on amazon.com and amazon.ca. And guys, you cannot miss it. It's an amazing cover. It's split in half. You are not alone. Left-hand side is bleak. Right-hand side is colorful. There's two paths, which that is the decision that we all must make regarding our mental health, as well as regarding if we're going to uh, let go of our pride, humble ourselves, and seek out assistance. Again, You Are Not Alone by Doug Lawrence. Thank you once again, Doug, for coming on today and giving us all this amazing, amazing information that took you so many years in order for you to give back to us. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy day in order to give us all that. Other than that, for the Penn Podcast, 
listeners if you liked that episode please like comment subscribe and of course if you like the material that doug has please go ahead send him uh, a quick little email that you liked what he had to say as well as check him out on amazon and on linkedin as well in order to get much more much excuse me much more benefits uh for what he's done so doug thank you once again and take care all right thank you